0: Welcome to Beggar's Bread, a podcast where we invite Christians and truth seekers to engage with thoughtful sources in an age of disinformation. Our name is inspired from the quote by D.T. Niles, evangelism is just one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Each week, we recommend a source for you, either a sermon, podcast, or video. This week, we bring you the non-monolith monster. And with that, this is Luke here in Wisconsin, and I am here and also there with Nick from North Carolina, our co-host. How's it going, Nick?
1: Hello. It's going good. It's going good. That's good It's been to a hear. while since we recorded, so yeah. figuring I mean, out how to record again.
0: <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and I mean, I got to say, right now, we are recording this a couple of weeks early. There's no saying what sort of events have occurred since we've recorded this, so... Who knows exactly. what sort of how we're doing right now? It might be might be very different. That's a weird thing to think. Anyway, yeah, it's
1: um, pretty far out. But that's because we're cool like that.
0: And oh yeah, oh yeah, I, that's what I always aspired to be. Hey, what'd you eat for lunch? Because that's now this is the new uh, this is the new question.
1: It's, it's better than one of my coworkers that asks, "What's your favorite cheese?" Um,
0: oh, what is your favorite cheese?
1: Crap, Havarti, Havarti. All right, here we go.
0: Oh, that's fancy. I like, I yeah. totally I had an actual
1: response for that. What did I have for lunch? I had ramen for lunch, I think.
0: Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. So,
1: pretty tasty stuff. You know, seafood ramen. Seafood spicy, ramen. But also weak. So, you know, I can only do so much.
0: <laughs> only do so much. Indeed. Well, <laughs> I honestly don't even know what cheese that is. I'm not going to lie.
1: I'm probably gonna get texted by my holes friends in it if you get the good stuff. Oh, okay.
0: People are gonna really be like, oh, "You don't know what cheese that is." You're from Wisconsin. I'll be like, "I don't know. I don't know what cheese." Curds I'm from are.
1: Wisconsin. That's lactose intolerant.
0: Yeah, it's, I know. The irony is just wonderful. It meant tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> so tragic. Well,
1: speaking of tragedy, is our resource our
0: resource? Uh, yes. This week we are recommending a YouTube video, which you know it's actually just a YouTube recording of john Stewart on Crossfire. And if you remember, if you know what this is, you're probably like, oh, I know what this is. If you don't know what this is, you're probably like, I don't know what this is. But Who's John Stewart <laughs> <laughs> Um Jon Stewart. Yeah, he used to host the daily before Trevor Noah. Uh we actually talked about Trevor Noah in a bonus episode if you wanna If you want to listen to it, you are more than welcome to listen to it about his book that he wrote, but we won't say more. It's going to be
1: great. We're totally not recording that after this one. No, no. In fact,
0: because that one will be released before this one. We definitely already (laughs) recorded that. Uh, Not actually.
1: And it's amazing. It's probably the best one we've done. It's probably the best one. (laughs) Anyway, and I promise I don't say that about everyone.
0: No, (laughs) but maybe this
1: one will? Question mark.
0: Yeah, people are probably like, "Are you guys going to actually do a podcast episode, or are you just going to talk about your other podcast episodes?" uh
1: to plug our content. Okay, we have merch. We got merch. Patreon. Did you know we have a Patreon? Did you know we have a podcast?
0: I heard that from someone that we have a Patreon. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's um, probably in our show notes <laughs> yeah
0: probably uh so anyway our co-listener <laughs> our co-listener this week is nathan in missouri and he says john stewart's appearance on crossfire is simply mesmerizing it differs so much from countless talk show interviews we've watched where guests share a canned story and plug the projects stewart speaks as he would to a child slowly, but charismatically, calmly, but firmly criticizing the show for its role in a partisan media ecosystem and criticizing the host, the h- criti- I'm sorry. I'm butchering your co-listening note. I'm sorry, Nathan. In a partisan media ecosystem in criticizing the hosts for failing their journalistic duties. All of the substance of the interview about headlines during the 2004 presidential election have aged horribly, but Stewart's criticism of the media has remained immortal. Crossfire has won was one example of a show where politics was performance and while crossfire came to an end the theatrics it embodied remain alive partisan media and televised hackery have escalated significantly in the years since crossfire and stewart's words continue to ring truer than ever well thank you for that nathan uh nathan is a friend of mine he's extremely thoughtful and insightful when it comes to politics i i often ask some questions and i'm like i don't get how this uh, how does this work <laughs> so anyway thank you nathan thank you for your your co-listening and to everyone else who's sitting here going i've never listened to this what are you talking about please tell us uh so basically there's a show called crossfire that cnn hosted uh this is back well john stewart's interview it's it's debatable whether or not this shut down the show but it certainly did uh, hasten its end. Um, it because didn't help much. That it did not true. help. No, it's, it's, it was hosted by Paul Begala. I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right. And Tucker Carlson and Paul was like kind of this, uh, more democratic commentator guy. And Tucker was, uh, the Republican commentator. And it's so interesting because Tucker, carlson and paul begala's reaction to john stewart's criticism were just very different um i think paul kind of i think he was strategic and not really saying much as john stewart basically came on the show and criticized them uh we won't give away all the details because we're we're not going to spoil it and uh but i did want to mention this for after you listen to it and and also right now but Paul had written an article, uh, an opinion piece on CNN later, and he said, when the show ended, Stewart and his executive producer, Ben Carlin, sat with me and Crossfire's executive producer, Sam Feist, for 90 minutes. We had the kind of thoughtful, respectful dialogue that our audience deserved but never got. And anyway, kind of getting to one of the core critiques that Stewart gives of Crossfire is that it's on for kind of like a knee-jerk reaction. And what uh, I was hoping to discuss today, and, I mean, Nick's just like, of course, me too. Uh, we're here to talk about how a lot of times people refer to the media. I don't know. Have you ever heard this, Nick? Has anyone ever referred to the media to you? Is this, is have this common? I've never
1: heard of the media in my life. You've never
0: heard of the media? Oh, I, I, I hear about it a lot. I think there's
1: one on my computer.
0: No, the, the media, man. The media when is out media to get player? you. But, no, I mean, seriously, like... People often mention the media, uh, normally in a negative way. Normally, um, people will see it as a, what's the best way to say it, like an arm of progressivism if they're a conservative. And right, what we're, or
1: some sort of bastion of false news.
0: Right. And what we're here to say today is the media is not a monolith. And monolith is just a fancy word that I thought would go well with that title. But basically, the media is made up of lots of different media sources, lots of different journalists. Um, and it's really important to grapple with these different sources. Um, obviously, Nick and I, we recommend some things to you. So sometimes, you know, we, we recommended a New York Times episode in and, and, uh, season one. So, obviously, we, we have our thoughts on, on some places we go to to discern. But, I mean, even then, it's not like there's any perfect source. Um, but I thought this is where... I don't know I don't know about you, Nick, but this is where... I, I was thinking about this for a long time. And when I was reading... Uh, and also, Nathan, our co-listener, suggested some of these sources. So, thank you, Nathan, for also suggesting these sources because he's been thinking about this a lot longer than I have. And so, the one by Paul... He says, he continues after he talked about how, you know, he's talking with Stuart and this other executive producer and his own executive producer. And he goes on to say, as I recall, Stuart heard me out earnestly. Despite the televised food fight we'd just been in, he was gracious and respectful, curious and thoughtful. As he got up to leave, he left us with this moment of Zen. And I actually don't know this guy's name, but he's referring to somebody. He said, Emmis came to Washington and bashed you guys. And he got like 300 new stations. So I think this will work out for me. And he said it did and at first i was kind of sad i was like what john stewart did you just do this to be selfish like because it's it's very easy to kind of throw tucker carlson under the bus be like oh my gosh this guy is crazy he just kind of he thrives off of this kind of outrage um sensationalism um but then it's like oh john stewart did did you just do this to get more listeners and then i was kind of sad i was like oh this is a bummer um but actually paul kind of goes into stewart's criticisms and he thinks about he validates some of them and says yeah he's right we did this wrong and some he disagrees with so that's a really thoughtful article as well we can include that in the in the show notes um but then i was getting even deeper into thinking or i don't know if it's deeper or just thoughts and i was thinking about the audience in crossfire because they showed up that day you know cuz john stewart's He's known for being funny. No one knew he was going to just, you know, rip on these two guys. No one knew he was going to criticize them beforehand. And that audience came to patronize to, you know, to, to be an audience, to encourage crossfires, um, their, their behavior. their the way they would get people on and have the quote unquote knee jerk reaction to get the, you know, the sound bite to get people to be you know cornered into saying something really silly or just really easy to attack kind of you know hailing back to our talking about wedge issues back in episode one this kind of idea of like oh can you believe what this politician would think or would say they weren't trying to get thoughtful people they were trying to get people who would increase their views increase their audience i mean and so what i'm trying to say here is okay when we're thinking about our current media landscape it's important to think about all right what are different thoughtful media sources right like the different it are you reading there's so many different sources you can read if it's if it's actually like newspaper like journalists or online journalism if it's talk show people or, or whatever i mean generally speaking out my myself i would pretty much just stray away from cable news in general it's generally speaking that's not designed for thoughtful reflection um but when it comes down to it, it's easy to critique the media, but also why does this media exist? Because there's an appetite for it. And so it's easy to point at Tucker Carlson and be like, this guy is outrageous, which by the way, he is outrageous. He literally, he had a court case recently where he was sued for defamation and he won that in defense because Fox Fox News said, persuasively, this is directly from the opinion, that the judge wrote. Fox persuasively argues that given Mr. Carlson's reputation, any reasonable viewer arrives with an appropriate amount of skepticism about the statements he makes. Then they go on to say, whether the court frames Mr. Carlson's statements as exaggeration, non-literal commentary, or simply bloviating for his audience, the conclusion remains the same. The statements are not actionable. Which is basically a way of saying, this guy is espousing lies and everyone knows so any reasonable viewer knows that this defamation case, ah, we're, we're not going to give it to the, the person who sued him because everyone knows he's not telling the truth, which is crazy. That's like, <laughs> did you know that, Nick? I don't know. I this is recent.
1: I knew that they had Fox News specifically had a distinction between their news outlet and then their political air quote commentators or their opinion piece sources, which would include, you know, the Tucker show or whatever he wants to call it now. And it's just crazy to me that somehow on that platform, it can still be construed or propagated as a source of truth when, as you just said now, the whole basis of it is lies and disinformation. And now it's held up in court. I was like, oh, yeah, this is how I'm going to defend myself, saying that I'm a liar.
0: Right. and. that just blows my mind but the so the thing is with this episode because i thought like oh we can bash tucker carlson that's easy to do but actually it's easy yeah (laughs) (laughs) honestly he doesn't wear bow ties anymore which if you don't know what we're referring to you'll know when you see the interview maybe he Um, learned from somebody yeah what but i i kind of i think it would be a little too easy to just say oh our problem with the media is just that they're you know the media right it's just that there's these false prophets which don't get me wrong tucker carlson's a false prophet and you shouldn't watch him unless you're doing it for research to understand what other people believe i i just i have no problem telling you that because that's just the truth because he literally defended himself in court with saying that and won but instead of just saying i don't like these people they say fake stuff even i mean being honest i like john stewart but that is a little sad to think that oh he kind of did this and part of the motivation according to at least John's argument or Paul I said why do I call him John I don't know Paul man fake news already look at us probably shouldn't trust John us. Paul John Paul. <laughs> um, but then also to, to really get down to it these shows have to be funded somehow and they're funded because of our appetite for these shows so as much as it's easy to criticize like this is fake news this is silly whatever these shows are fueled by audiences man i just verbally i just went off for a while nick
1: (laughs) well imagine this i mean it's not even held within you know one particular sphere of media on like it's not just fox news that does this right it's a lot of other media outlets as well like they have funders and donors and whatnot but there's a sensationalism that You know, you got to see what's coming next or what's this upcoming top news or whatever have you. Like there's structures in place within the media that continue to grapple us or like draw us in. Right. Like you could even consider when they were talking about the migrant caravan invasion. Like, yeah, a lot of people were saying it's not, you know, an invasion like these people are just women and children. But like they still promoted it as like this big event that was coming up right during an election whether or not they demonize the people there they still broadcasted it and then right after the election they stopped talking about the american caravan that had been you know in place for months prior to them bringing it to our attention and so there is a way in which media can be used to manipulate some call to action sure it usually revolves around like an election cycle
0: right yeah and Okay, but even like right there, Nick, I'm sure some people listening could say, well, you're biased, Nick. You listen to fake news like, you know, because my media sources don't talk about it like that. Um, And (laughs) I, I Mm. I don't think that. But I'm just I'm just saying I'm trying to articulate what some people may may genuinely and sincerely believe. And so let me let me offer this piece of thought that I don't I don't I do not have the solution for going this is the correct media, this is the wrong media source. Um, but obviously, Nick and I think we have some things we wanna offer you. Here's a thought I just wanna throw out there. How do you how do you recognize, especially with these talking heads, not so much, well, a whole organization is helpful to think about this as well, but how do you recognize just like this kind of pandering, this false prophecy, this sort of um, reaching out to an audience? And here's a thought I've been having. A false prophet is always going to tell you what you want to hear like they're always going to tell you what does not require any change in your life you know or there may be like this there may be this concessional like oh yeah this was wrong but then there's a rationalization you know like if if you're going to call it somebody on your own side they're sort of like this uh maybe we shouldn't have done that but this you know it's kind of quick moving on it's not a reckoning with the truth in a way that's uncomfortable right so i mean i'll be really honest like i hope this podcast doesn't do that i I hope there are episodes where you feel uncomfortable not just because we want you to feel uncomfortable but because nick and i are trying our best to tell you what we think about things and the best we can tell you what we think is the truth and i like the thing about false prophets and and like people who are speaking the truth and I keep on using the word false prophet you're thinking what do you mean by that I would just say like someone who's spreading false information on purpose um so maybe instead of that biblical language because some of you might be like what in the world you're using a big word just like people who are intentionally spreading fake information sometimes like people who are spreading the truth and people who are like not who are, are false teachers or false you know spreading these things sometimes they're saying the same thing let's it's if things are going good you know maybe It's about a candidate like, hey, we like their policy on this. That's great. But then when it comes to hard things, that's where people who are speaking the truth are going to tell you the hard thing as opposed to just kind of rationalizing it. Anyway. (laughs) What do you think, Nick? Are we false (laughs) prophets? Yeah, maybe we shouldn't trust us. (laughs) It's very
1: possible. I mean, I would be surprised myself to hear it, but I like the... I I feel like Phil Vischer talked something somewhere about it, and it might have been more related to theology, perhaps. But he was saying, like, you know, he likes to relegate himself not to these two extremes, but rather to a middle ground. Because if somebody is saying, that like, you have to do this or you have to believe this, then, like, maybe, perhaps. And I might be completely ruining that quote from a podcast I listened to forever ago. Um, but he's more likely to take that middle ground. Like, and I think that can be. Well, that might not have been the context of what he's saying. It can, might be redirected towards media and how, like, we could perceive of, say, specifically during election cycle, like they're going to propagate one party saying, "Oh, they're going to destroy America," or "They're going to destroy America." And there's these two extremes in which they're speaking to a very specific audience, and there's not necessarily this middle ground that's occupied.
0: Yes. That is true. A lot of times it can be extremism, but I mean, I will say, to be honest, though, sometimes I'm not really thinking this is the case right now for most things, but there is also the possibility that someone who is more of a centrist could be just saying something to assage or, you know, comfort people, um, instead of trying to be more uh, bold. So, but I, I'm, I'm riding right board with you. I think right now, it especially is kind of manifested in this extreme kind of, thinking and and talking um i i don't have a problem saying violence from from anywhere from people on the right or on the left is a problem like i don't have a problem saying that like that's not a problem
1: yeah well i mean i will say that as far as i mean let's just talk about protests right (laughs) if we're just going to talk about it and the disinformation and what activated people to respond violently right compared to black lives matter so let's just go through all the things There were actually documented cases of white supremacists inciting violence within Black Lives Priestful protesting, right? And so when you hear people discussing like, oh, like, you can't say anything because you didn't speak out on Black Lives Matter violence and stuff like that. They're not taking into account that the people that are or were on January 6th inciting violence had been the recipients of disinformation And then loudly proclaimed and propagated violence and showed their faces and showed everyone what they stood for. And it wasn't this, you know, like, oh, Antifa's in there. They're being all secret and stuff. No, there was actually, like, the FBI is rounding up people that have been shown to, you know, propagate these issues themselves. And so, yeah, I think that the information that we receive is important. And for those that receive it and over the last four, whatever, four or five years that have in many ways been encapsulated in this bubble of disinformation, it foments in such a way as to stir people to action. And if that action is bad, as we have seen, then perhaps it should be condemned.
0: Right. Yeah. And honestly, I think it honestly, even just hearing you say that, uh, there's sometimes I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I, just, I, I think this. Well, of course, I wouldn't be trying to lie, but you know, we're talking about lying over media sources, so might as well just join in, um, talking about it, not doing it. <laughs>
1: man, <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. need to no, say, speaking need... the truth about lies. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're
0: doing. Right. <laughs> Speak. <laughs> oh man. Speak plainly. This matters. Okay. <laughs> like, part of me thinks sometimes I'm like, you know, okay, let's just be real. Nick and I, we are in our, well, I'm in my mid-twenties now. I'm so, ooh, so mid-twenties. Nick's in his young twenties. and I'm getting close. I'm getting there. He's <laughs> get, getting there. It's getting there. Um, you know, there's this very real sense of like, all right, we're making a podcast in our closets. Does this really matter? And Vardy's like, no, it doesn't. Um, It really doesn't. <laughs> like, it's just two dudes. like, Nick lives in a different state and I love hanging out with Nick and this is a way to do it. And we share stuff with each other. And then another, but the other part of me is like, it does matter. Like people are dead, like because of fake information, if there were not
1: first time, like, and I read an article by Sky Chathani specifically about this it's the first time in at least recent memory that, or actually not even recent memory in American history in which disinformation resulted in the deaths of people. And like that's something crazy to me, like because he compares it to like you know civil war, and to um, segregationism and stuff that like they held. Now it was wrong, but it was a truth that you know exists. Like, it was a reality. Like segregation was a reality. Right. Um The Confederacy was a reality, and they were fighting for slavery, which was immoral and wrong. But that was a reality that they were fighting for. Whereas in this situation, what we have is a false reality of a air quote stolen election that has to be air quote won back through yeah. air quote Charo by combat quote yeah. Rudy Giuliani.
0: Right. Yeah. So I, there's
1: such a sharp distinction there, right?
0: There there is. There is a very sharp distinction. And I think one of the reasons why this matters so much is because this appetite for disinformation will not go away just because donald trump is out of office i think that needs to be understood by everyone this information this disinformation is going to continue the appetite is still there so as long as there's an appetite there's a money stream as long as that money stream is still there there will be people who are willing to provide the disinformation and Anyway, I don't know. I, <laughs> this was well, a longer episode. But... It's
1: a pretty long episode, yeah. But yeah, but I, it's I think it's worth it. It plays into, right? Like, when you have leaders that aren't speaking out or speaking up on truth, then they're going to go to the main conduits of information or disinformation, which can include Facebook and, for a while, Parlor, I think, before it went down, I think it just... Got shut down because of something, which I, I don't do not remember anymore. Yeah. But it was another media site that was a big promoter of disinformation. And well, I
0: would say it allowed, it tolerated disinformation. It tolerated. It probably,
1: yeah. In a way that maybe the air quote, you know, liberal Facebook would not have as much or Twitter for that matter.
0: Yeah. Twitter is normally the, the boogeyman for that one, according to mm-hmm. the conservatives. Um, but... And i mean i don't even say when i say the conservatives i don't even say like i'm not a conservative like it just the the definition of that word is so ambiguous but anyway that's a whole other can of worms
1: it is yeah but yeah. we promote a lot of conservative information you know as far as like news sources and stuff like that sure like the french that's dispatch true. is not yeah, it's a liberal not really a... progressive resource nope. at all and like he's pretty solid you know so like you but have he's great. to kind of find this balance right like and also Determine what actually is like Christian truth, not progressive or conservative truth. Oh,
0: that was gold. All right. Let's finish on that. We're finishing with Nick's gold on that. (laughs) We are not looking for conservative or progressive truth. Or I'm sorry. I'm wording wrong already. We're looking for Christian truth, which I guess isn't that everybody's truth? But whatever. Uh, People who are not Christians may find that offensive. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to offend anybody. I would just say truth is truth, right? Is truth is truth so we're looking for what corresponds with reality not a progressive or conservative narrative especially okay i just said that i just way over explained your quote let's we gotta stop or i'm gonna keep talking forever well thank you everybody for for joining us uh we will see you back next week for our season finale and oh man what is the what's the title oh nick you got a title for it. wait
1: for it dot 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 Dot, 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 dot. While I look on our Google Drive. Dot, dot, dot.
0: This is a little is Spinning wheel.
1: A drum roll, please. A book not our own.
0: A book not our own. Oh, yes. Okay. All right. We'll see you guys next week for A Book Not Our Own. Love you guys.